Welcome to The Abundant Life with your host, me, Brandon Kelly. Hey, welcome to episode 17 of The Abundant Life. I am your host, Brandon Kelly, and I'm excited that you are here with me. We are going to be jumping into the book of John, continuing through that for the next 15 minutes or so. Car makers, they try to improve every single year on what it is they did the last year. And maybe you work in a job where you, you attempt to do that. You attempt to improve on what it is you did the year prior. I think a lot of times we try to improve in all areas of our lives. I mean, we may try to improve in our marriage. We may try to improve as parents, as friends, as you know, workers in our job. But a lot of times we find that we have a ceiling. We have a point in which we reach that we can't become any better than what we are. We have a period of this is my prime. Especially true in sports, it's especially true in in jobs where you have to, you know, do physical manual labor. Just yesterday I had the privilege again to start playing hockey. It's the first time in 4 years I've been able to play in a game and I quickly realized that my body was not in tip-top shape. And not only that wasn't in uh, you know, tip-top shape for hockey. It wasn't in tip-top shape for anything. Um, and back in high school, I was in much better shape. And so I have to work back to get to that point. But I may never get back to that, uh, to that stage where I was in in high school. But that's okay. But the point remains. Sometimes we have a limit on how much we can improve. What happens to you when you are encounter when you encounter something that you believe is too good to be true? Do you immediately write it off or do you investigate it a little bit? Because I think what was happening with Jesus and the people he was talking to is that he said something that seemed too good be too good to be true. And in response, these people basically just written him off. I said, well, that's, that's just, that's ridiculous. We don't believe that. And I'm curious how you would respond. Let me set the stage for us again here. We're in John chapter six. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to there. And that's where we're going to be parking for the rest of our time together. The show notes are also in brandonkelly.org. You can find episode 17 in there on the homepage. So here's the context. Jesus had just had an interaction with the crowd whom he had just fed f- f- like 5,000 plus people with, I believe, two loaves of bread and, and, a, and a few fish. A few loaves of bread and a few fish. And they followed him on the other side of the lake because they were wanting to get more from him. And Jesus had a conversation with them. And this is actually in the midst of that conversation. I told you last week that I just hate doing that, like stopping in the middle of a conversation in scripture, but for 15 minutes of our time together, I I don't have time to get into the whole context. So I want to just bring you back up to that. Jesus was talking about how 
you know, he was comparing what Moses did, what God did through Moses or and during the time of Moses when they were wandering in the wilderness and he sent bread from heaven to them so that they would be able to survive in the wilderness, in the desert. And Jesus is making a comparison saying that I am the true bread that comes down from heaven and, and the people don't believe it. And so let's jump in. This is what's going on. The big idea last week was that you, you shouldn't come to Jesus for what he's going to give you, but come to Jesus for who he is. That there's a big difference in that. Let's jump in. John chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 41, and we're going to go to 59. So that's a, a pretty large chunk of text that we're going to read today. So just bear with me. It's going to be awesome. And let's jump in. Verse 41, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Like, we, we know this guy. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. This is a better version. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread of the, the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Wow. I want to I want to jump into uh, a few little passages that will be found in this passage. First one, verse forty four. I just want to highlight this. Jesus said, "No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day." My wife and I have been talking about this a lot, and and I'm not going to get into it in too much depth because I think I'm going to write about it pretty soon on the blog. But there's this. There's this reality when you speak to people who, um, who don't follow Jesus, and they may know the gospel, they may know the good news of Jesus, but it, it just doesn't sink in. And it can be frustrating at times because you can lay out the gospel in, in its clearest form. You could maybe, you know, you could show it in the, in the best way you could possibly do. You're very proud of yourself because you, you explained it with clarity, with just pristine clarity, but they still don't get it. And I think it goes back to one of the thing, one of the stories Jesus told about the soils, about how there's different kinds of soil and, and different people have these different soils and, that, and their soil is really their heart. And depending on their soil, depending on their heart, 
is that depends on whether or not they receive the message. And so as we think about how people come to faith, let us realize that there is an actual working of God in doing that. And there's a tension in this. Because if you believe in free will, this probably makes you a little uncomfortable. And I believe in free will. But I also believe that God is at work inside of us. And so there's a tension there. And as one, someone once said, I don't remember who it was, I wish I did, um, there is truth in the tension. Because so oftentimes when we try to fit things into our theological presuppositions, our theological system, we are confronted with something that doesn't fit, and so we relieve the tension in some way. We explain it away. So let me encourage you to not explain this away. That there is a working in, uh, on, on God's side that draws people to Jesus. No one, Jesus said, can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So let us keep that in mind. Verses uh, 47 to 50, I want to highlight these as well. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. He is comparing one of the most beloved miracles in the history of Israel. And he's saying that I, my friends, am much better. That God has, if you think God did a lot in the wilderness for his people, then you have no idea. You can't even comprehend what he is doing for his people, for all people through me. That you, you guys ate manna from heaven, and that was a great thing, just like you guys just ate food that I, that I exponentially grew so that you could actually eat it. You're really good about, you know, you're really excited about that, but that is not the bread in which you need to be seeking because that's what they were coming to get. They were coming to get more bread from Jesus. And what Jesus is saying, you have your eyes set on the wrong thing. You're looking to what I could give you in a very earthly sense. And what you need to be looking for is, my, is, is me, my very self, because that is what will lead you to eternal life. Verses 51 through 59, this is, I, I kind of see it as, as kind of a funny, but also a serious engagement with these guys. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So he opens this up. And, and for us looking back, we see the connection between what he's saying and communion. Let me continue. Then the Jews then uh, disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat, his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, 
and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Forever. To quote the guy from Sandlot, forever. <laughs> some of you will get that, some of you won't. That's okay. I, I think Jesus is being serious here because he's pointing to communion. He's pointing to the Lord's Supper. And he's really pointing to his sacrifice of his body on the cross. But I also, I'm, you may not agree with me, and that's, that's okay, quite okay. You shouldn't agree with everything I say. I, I think he's kind of toying with them. I think he's kind of messing with them. I mean, <laughs> and, and what we're going to see next week is, is the disciples, they're like, this is, this is a hard saying. Like, th- that's, that's intense. Why would he say something like that? <laughs> you, you can have true life if you eat me. I, I just see the kind of the humor in what Jesus is saying there because they obviously don't get it. And we, if we were there, we wouldn't get it either. But obviously we have the advantage because we know the rest of the story. I think Jesus is just messing with them a little bit, but he's also pointing to communion. So what, what could we do in light of this passage? I think it's very similar to last week. And no surprise, it's in the same conversation. Look to him for true life. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life abundantly. Life abundantly. If you want to live a life that is full of meaning, full of purpose, no regrets, then, then you need to live a life where you are always feasting on his grace, where you are always feasting on the hope in which God has given to you through Jesus. I mean, imagine living what Jesus calls abundant life, life to the fullest, full of fulfillment, never never desiring anything outside of God. That's contentment, my friends. And I think that is where life abundantly happens. It happens in contentment, when where we can be content in God. So here's the action step for today. The next time you take communion, whether you're at a church who you know, takes every week or um, at a church that takes it once a month or whatever, the next time you take communion, think about this passage. The fact that Jesus said, if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will have eternal life. Now, it's not in eating those things that that is where the eternal life happens, but it is, it is those who do that, those who take communion, who are given the hope because those are his followers. Life abundantly happens when we find our contentment with God.
Thanks so much for joining me on episode 17 of The Abundant Life. I hope it's been a blessing. I hope it's been encouraging to you. If it has, would you just do me a favor? I ask you this every week. But would you do it? That would be awesome. If you go on iTunes or Stitcher and leave a rainy review and subscribe, that would be very helpful and help this podcast get in front of more people. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a great week and just live abundantly in Jesus. Find your contentment in him and you'll be good to go.